Well, you ready? A few of you already. Good. Yeah. Psalm 33. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto Him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto Him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right. And all His works are done in truth. He, God Almighty, loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as an heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the inhabitants of the world fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. That final phrase of verse 8. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. I've titled this message this morning, Standing in Awe of Him. Now, language changes. It evolves. Now, I don't believe in that evolution, that macroevolution, you know, uh, you did not come from some, some primordial ooze. Amen to that. God created the heavens and the earth. But language is changing. It's evolving a little bit. Um, for example, ah, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. This past week, I bought some insurance. I... I got some new quotes. Dave Ramsey says every three years or so you ought to get new quotes on your insurance. Well, it had been 37 years since I'd done it, so I thought it was due, you know. And so I got me some new quotes, and so I bought some new insurance this week. And so I'm filling out all the paperwork. I'm doing it on, over the phone. I've got to electronically sign it and so forth. So I'm doing it over the phone, and they're getting my name, Byron, B-Y-R-O-N, last name F-O-X-X. -X. Yeah, I got two X's somehow. And they needed the middle name lady named Sarah. I said, Sarah, my middle initial is G. She said, what's your name? All right, how many of you got a middle name that's kind of unusual? Go ahead and raise your hands. Okay, got volunteers. I'm not going to ask you yours. I'm going to tell you mine. Talking about how language changes. Okay. Sarah says, what's your middle name? I said, are you bracing yourself, Sarah? I said, it's just a made-up name. My middle name is Galo. G-A-Y-L-O. I'm a junior. My dad was the ninth boy. They'd all use Frank and James and Joe and Lewis and Bert. All those names already been used. So my dad got Byron. And the middle name, they just made something up and put Galo on him. And he was so unhappy with it, he handed it down to me too. You know what I'm saying? I did not pass it on down to my son. I love my dad. I love my dad, but um, Galo. All right, you know, I was born 55 years ago, and Galo wasn't so great back then. I said, but Sarah, the insurance lady, I said, Sarah, I said, during my lifetime, my middle name has changed in meaning. 
I said, Sarah, I'm thinking about changing my name to Byron H. Fox. She said, H, what does that mean? Happy Low. <laughs> so the gay low, happy low. I said, when I was a boy, that's what gay meant. But language changes, doesn't it? And sometimes we're careless with our language. Sometimes we're careless. I was going to a meeting. As I was going there, there was a, a preacher's meeting to get a crusade started. And uh, they'd asked me to come and be part of it. They put my name and my picture on the brochures and all. But I didn't know what I was doing. So on the way to the meeting, I was driving three hours to get there. I said, hey, what am I doing in this meeting? I, I got my pictures on there. What, what am I supposed to do? They said, oh, didn't we tell you? I said, no, what am I doing? He said, oh, you're getting the offering out of everybody. So we need $30,000 and we got you raising the offering. Oh, so that's what I'm doing. Okay. And so I made sure they had a treasure and all that sort of stuff before I could raise an offering for a crusade. So I'm driving there. I get there, there's 59 preachers. It's my job to raise the offering. Okay. So the first preacher gets up there and he talks about this great crusade and this great tent we're going to have and this great uh, uh, preacher that's going to preach and this great choir that's going to sing and great this and great that and great this and great that. And all you great preachers in this room. Great, 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 great. And so the next guy talked about great, great this and great this. Great, 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 great. And I, I'm sitting there and they, tell, tell me, they told everybody I was a great guy. Everything was great. By the time it's my turn to get up about an hour into this thing to raise the offering, I was under conviction. I got up, and man, there was enthusiasm in the crowd. Now I'm for enthusiasm, some passion for the things of God, some zeal. But sometimes we get be a little careless. I got up and said, it's my turn. I said, friends, my job is to raise the offering. But I said, before I do that, I want us 59 preachers to think for a moment. I said, I've heard about a great tent. I've heard about great singers. And I've heard about a lot of great things. That I said, in fact, it was said that I was great. I said, I just want to tell you, I am not great. I said, but there is one who is great. God Almighty is great. And everything about God is great. God's Bible, now that's great. God's salvation. Now, friends, that's great. God's Son, He is great. God's promises are great. God's grace is great. There are some great things. Now, we all need to understand, too, that God's great. And we need to stand in awe of Him. We get the word awesome, you know. And I'm telling you, language has changed and us being careful with measuring our words and so forth. We've got to be careful with it, you know. And language is changing. You know, you know um, people say, man, my cell phone was blowing up. Really? That thing blew up? <laughs> yeah, um, I understood. Yeah. I taught my dad had a text some time back. And my dad sent me a text. He called me one minute later. He said, um, did you get my text? I said, well, yeah. He said, well, you haven't answered me yet. <laughs> yeah. Things are blowing up. Yeah, yeah. And we use the word awesome. And sometimes we're a little, I don't know, flippant with it. Man, wasn't that an awesome storm last night? 
You know, we talk about that. Man, did you see his new car? That new car was awesome. <laughs> or we'll even say stuff like this. I had a cheeseburger yesterday, and that thing was awesome. <laughs> I'm talking about a cheeseburger being awesome. You know, the Bible only uses the word awe four times. And it's here in this verse. Stand in awe of Him. Now, friends, I don't know if that cheeseburger and that car and that storm was all that awesome, but I know God's awesome. Everything about God is awesome. And I've got a little topical sermon for you today about standing in awe of Him. Um, you know, I'm in awe of Him, so that means I am under obligation to worship Him and to reverence Him. If you're listening, say Amen. I am under obligation to worship Him and to reverence Him and have some holy fear of Him and have some soul worship. Now, how great is God? Is He, because um, He is great. Now, is He like ten times greater than us? More. Well, how about 100 times? More. Well, how about a million times? More. You're right. And then, there's just no comparison. There's no comparison. And I want us to think uh, just a little bit how awesome God is. Number one, let all the sinners in the world stand in awe of God's holiness. All sinners need to stand in awe of God's holiness. Now, we're sinners, but He's never sinned. God has never sinned. God cannot sin. Jesus never sinned. Jesus is impeccable. Impeccable, uh, a theological term. God cannot sin. Jesus cannot sin. The Holy Ghost cannot sin. But all sinners, and everybody in this room is a sinner, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All are sinners, and all of us need to stand in awe of God's holiness. He is holy. Listen, Leviticus 11.45 I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Deuteronomy 32 verse 4, He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is He. 1 John 1 5, This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. <laughs> we need to stand in awe of God's holiness. God is holy. He's holy absolute. He's holy. We're sinners. He's holy. And His holiness is awesome. Number two, let all the rebels in this world, all the rebels, stand in awe of God's mercy. All of us rebels, all of us have rebelled against God. But we need to stand in awe of God's mercy. The most often found phrase in the Bible, the most often found phrase in the Bible is this, His mercy endureth forever. What is mercy? Mercy is withholding what we deserve. I deserve God's condemnation. I deserve God's wrath. But God, when He saved me, he withheld the condemnation that was upon me. All have been condemned because of sin. The condemnation of God 
is upon all that are unsaved. Oh, but if they'll come to Jesus Christ and be born again, God in His mercy with will withhold His wrath, His vengeance upon us. Let me read you some of Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, hallelujah, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him, and His righteousness unto children's children's. <laughs> See, when I got saved, when I received Christ as my Savior 47 years ago, I moved categories. I was in the category of condemned. But when He saved me, He moved me to the category of redeemed. <laughs> I was in the category of lost, but it, by His mercy, He moved me over to the category saved. I was in the category of outcast, and by the mercy of God, He moved me over here to family of God. <laughs> Let all the sinners stand in awe of God's holiness. Let all the rebels stand in awe of God's mercy. Number three, let all the stubborn Stand in awe of God's patience. All the stubborn folk, all the inhabitants of the world, that includes the stubborn folk, stand in awe of God's patience. Patience. Man, we want everything fast, don't we? Fast, fast, fast. You know, fast communications, fast travel. I, um, I went last year in February, I flew from Norfolk, Virginia to Chicago, Illinois, to Dallas, Texas, to Los Angeles. From Los Angeles, I flew another 16 hours to Sydney, Australia. Man, I was in a middle seat between two people that neither, neither one were very nice. Oh, 16 hours. Oh, my. Are we there yet? No, sir, 14 more hours. Oh, no. <laughs> It's a long flight, second longest flight there is. But man, 16 hours flying at 600 and some miles an hour. I got to Australia a lot faster by plane than if I went by canoe, <laughs> you know. We travel fast these days. It's remarkable, fast, fast, fast food, fast schedule. But God is patient. He's long-suffering. Let, let me tell you about Jim. Jim. Uh, Jim and Karen attended a church very much like this. Karen was in charge of the nursery. Karen sang in the choir, good alto. Karen taught Sunday school. I mean, she, nothing but a godly Christian. Oh, what about Jim? Oh, he's lost. Did he go to church? Yeah. Every Sunday morning, you see Jim sitting right there with, with Karen. Was he saved? No. What's wrong with him? Stubborn. Now, a lot of times you think of stubborn as being loud and obnoxious and just mean-spirited. Well, Jim wasn't really that way. He was kind of quiet. But he wouldn't get saved. 
I witnessed to him. Lee Robertson witnessed to him. David Wood witnessed to him. Jim Lyons, you just name preacher after preacher after preacher had come to town and say, hey, try to win Jim to Christ. Couldn't win him. No. So Jim went decades. Now he's in his late 60s. In this story, he's in his late 60s. One of my friends, Colonel Fisher, said, I'm going up to the hospital. Jim's in the hospital. And I'm going up to the hospital. I'm going to try to win Jim to Christ, Colonel Fisher told me. So me and my buddy Kevin said, we'll be praying. So Jim's laying up there in the hospital. He's a lost man. And for decades, in his stubbornness, he's rejected God. So you either accept God or you reject God. There's no in-between. So Jim, just in his quiet stubbornness, would not get saved. So Colonel Fisher prayed and he went up there to the hospital. And he walked into Jim's room. And Jim saw a colonel there and said, <laughs> Jim said, I thought you might be coming up here. Colonel Fisher said, yes, I've come to try to win you to Christ again. Jim said, you don't need to. What do you mean I don't need to? He said, well, I just called on God a while ago and he saved me. <laughs> Jim didn't need somebody else to present the gospel to him. Jim knew how to get saved. And God is such a merciful and patient, wonderful Lord that that old stubborn fellow who for decades had rejected God gets up in the hospital and calls out to God and said, Lord, would you save me? And God is so patient and so long-suffering, He's not willing that any should perish. <laughs> Jim, who had left God out of his life for decades, said, God said, Jim, I'll save you. <laughs> God's never turned anyone away. Anyone who will come and say, Lord, will you save me? Lord, would you save me? God says, yes, I will. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We need to stand in awe of God's patience today. Numbers 14, 18. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. We need to stand in awe of God's patience. Number four, quickly. Let the destitute, the destitute folk, let the destitute folk stand in awe of God's grace. The old destitute folk, who are they? Everybody who's empty and whose life is empty. There's homeless folk that don't have a thing. I was down last August preaching in Dallas and we were going out soul winning every day and I said to the men of the church, I said, let's go over there to the homeless folk. Let's go try to win the homeless folk to Christ today. And we went over there and witnessed throughout the day. It's 110 degrees out there. Those homeless folk, they need to hear about God. Everybody, everybody needs to say yes to Jesus. The destitute folk, and that's all of us too. Without Jesus, we're just empty. What should it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Oh yes, we ought to stand in awe of God's grace. Romans 3.23, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through to the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then number five, let all the guilty stand in awe of God's forgiveness. That's all of us too. It's all of us. We're all guilty. Guilty by sin. Guilty by transgression. 
doing the wrong things. But I'm telling you, telling you, God is able to forgive and He wants to forgive. Uh, Psalm 86 verse 5, Thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. Isn't that a great verse? You know, when you've done wrong, you know, husband, you know, you got up on the wrong side of the bed and I don't know, you got the neck ache and back ache and I didn't want to get up. You're sleeping so good and you're having to get up and, and you're just cross and, and you speak sharply to your wife. You burnt my breakfast again today. You burnt my breakfast every day of our marriage. And you know that's not true. And you ought to just be thankful she made you breakfast. And here you are fussing. And about two hours later, you come to your senses and you're like, oh man, what did I say? And you go to your sweet wife and you say, beloved, sweetie, honey, I spoke ill this morning. <laughs> I was not in my right mind. Would you please forgive me? And your darling says, I will forgive you. Isn't that wonderful? And then she continues says, and don't you ever let that happen again. <laughs> you know, this, this Tuesday I'll have been married 37 years. <laughs> yeah, we've all said things we wish we hadn't to our spouse. And when they forgive us, isn't that wonderful? To be forgiven? Well, how about all that awful sin? And sin displeases God. No, oh, when we ask God to forgive us, Lord, I've done it again. Oh, Lord, would you please forgive me? God says, yes, I will. Lastly, we're talking about standing in awe of Him. Lastly, let all humanity stand in awe of God's love. The love of God. God. It's so profound. See, God hates sin, but God loves sinners. <laughs> That's amazing. Jeremiah 31 verse 3, The Lord hath appeared unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. A boy falls in love with a girl. And used to, they'd get a daisy and they'd pull those petals off. She loves me. <laughs> oh, she loves me not. <laughs> she loves me. She loves me not. You're hoping that last petal says she loves me. Let me tell you about God's daisies. Get that God's daisy up there and you say, He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Can I tell you something? God loves you just the way you are. I want to tell you something else. God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. He wants you to be saved. If you're in this room and you're not saved, God loves you. And God wants to save you. God wants you to worship Him. God wants to fellowship with you. God's got a plan for your life. If you're not saved, the first step of God's plan for your life is to get saved. He loved you so much, Jesus died on the cross for you. And all of us who know the Lord, 
He also loves us too much to let us stay where we are. He wants us to go forward in the cause of Christ. Would you bow your heads? Stand in awe of Him. God is awesome. Now, I want to go back to that matter of salvation. Are you saved? Have you received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? In a little bit, our pianist is going to play Great is Thy Faithfulness. Talking about how great God is and God's great faithfulness. How many of you today, if today were your last day, if you were to die today, how many of you know for sure that you have received Christ as your Savior and you know that you're going to heaven? Would you raise a hand and say, Brother Fox, I want you to know, I know I'm saved. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. You may put your hands down. Now those who didn't raise your hands, wouldn't you want to come to the Lord today? Well, how do you get saved? How does a person receive Christ as their Savior? Well, there's two things you need to do. Jesus Himself said, Except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Repent. Turn from that sin and turn to Jesus. The military term, about face. Yeah, that's what repentance is. Turning from that sin, turning to Jesus. Well, what else you got to do? You got to repent. What else you got to do? You got to believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You got to believe He's God's Son. You got to believe He is crucified on an old rugged cross. He was. And you must believe He was buried and you must believe that He rose from the dead. If you don't believe those things, you, you're not saved. But the Bible does say, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The night I received Christ was a Thursday night and the Holy Spirit on the inside was saying, Byron, you're wrong. And Jesus Christ is right. Byron, you need to be saved. And that was the glorious night that I received Christ as my Savior. I called out to Him. And He saved me. Who in this room would want Jesus to save them today? Would you raise a hand right now and say, Brother Fox, I want to be saved. Who wants to be saved this morning? Would you just raise a hand? Just raise a hand and let me and Jesus see it. You want to be saved? Do you? You want to receive Christ as your Savior? Call out to Him. Don't reject Him. See, you'll either receive Him today or you're rejecting. Now, how many of you, Christian folk, you want to move forward in standing in awe of Him? Let's all stand.